This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 1071 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from Dr. Tanya Cubitt from Performance Horse Nutrition. Dr. Cubitt stops by the Horses in the Morning show every month to chat about horse nutrition topics, and this time she's got the good, the bad, and the ugly on protein. And we'll get right to our tip after this shopping tip from EquestrianCollections.com. Hi, Glenn, back with you, and I have Debbie from Equestrian Collections with the product of the week. Well, I've got to say top of the morning to you today because even though it is February, we are planning ahead for St. Patrick's Day. And this week I'm featuring the Excel Elite Celtic Stitch Design Brow Band. This brow band has uh, the Celtic designs on it that are, it's so hard to find. And today, and today everybody wants blingy brow bands. This one is blingy without being sparkly or over the top. It's a Celtic design. It comes in black and white, brown and brown, and brown and white. So you can get it for both your regular, you know, leather, brown leather, and black leather bridles. And I'm featuring it in February so that you can go ahead and get your order in and get everything set for your St. Patrick's Day parades and your early dressage shows and you want the brow bands to go with your bridles. It's got a Celtic design. They're all leather. And they are um, just very, they're very stylish. And Celtic designs are very popular, especially with some breeds, such as gypsies. <laughs> as you know, that's my breed. So this is why I was attracted to this brow band. It's unique. It's different. And um, I think everyone will love it. And you need to buy it in February so you can wear it in March. Now, does it come with built-in speakers playing uh, bagpipe music? <laughs> yes, it comes with bagpipe <laughs> music. <laughs> <laughs> Go to equestriancollections.com and search. just search for Celtic. It's bound to come up. <laughs> exactly. Among other things, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just search for Celtic, and you're going to get everything you need uh, for St. Patty's Day, which is less than a month away now. So uh, hop on over. Oh, you do have lots of Celtic stuff. I just did search for Celtic. There's some right. jewelry. You got to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised how much you had, actually. All right, very good. You can find it there at equestriancollections.com. And welcome back to the Horses in the Morning show, Dr. Cubit. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're pre-recording our little event here today so that Dr. Cubit can care for her uh, her little one. You have a little one. How old is he now? He's one. Oh, I've so. made it through a whole 12 months. <laughs> is he mobile, running around, uh, crawling around the house, to, uh, getting into mischief? Crawling so close to walking, but I feel like I've been saying that for the last three weeks. Now, are you excited about walking or are you dreading walking? Well, I'm excited, but then everybody says, oh, your life is over. <laughs> I like to put it, my life is going to change. Well, yes, it will change. You will become quicker off the mark. You will be able to sprint across the room to save that child in a millisecond. <laughs> oh, gosh, I can only imagine. But it's been different, and it's been exciting, and I'm, I'm happy. Well, we're thrilled that you're taking a little time out of 
uh, out of your day to care for your little one to uh, answer some questions for us today. And today it's all about proteins. What the heck are they and why do I care? Proteins, and I'm so glad we're talking about this topic because protein is so, so very important and it really gets a bad rap. There are a lot of myths about protein out there, so I want to dispel a couple of those as well as just talk about what on earth is protein. So what is it? It makes up about 15% of our body with most in the muscle. Um, It has key functions including transporting nutrients in the bloodstream, metabolic functions, um, helps as a part of your immune system, also helps to minimize and buffer pH levels. And it's made up of small units called amino acids. And lysine, which most of our listeners have probably heard of, is often the most lacking in our equine diets. And it's also the only one we actually have a true requirement for. And we call lysine an essential nutrient. And when we use that term correctly in equine nutrition, it means that the horse can't make it or synthesize it in its body. It has to consume it in its diet. So it really has to eat feed sources that are very high in those quality amino acids like lysine. And those ingredients would be things like soybean meal, which is a legume, or alfalfa, which is also a legume. Interesting. Now, just... This is where this is where the conversations frequently take a left hand turn. So if you are a feral horse, you're a Mustang wandering around the wilds of Montana, how they obviously are not given any food that would contain extra lysine. What a how how does he survive? Because he's got to get it somewhere. Is there are there naturally occurring food sources that have sufficient quantities so that an animal can subsist? Is that kind of how it works? Absolutely. I mean, there are weeds that are also legumes out in the wild. You've also got to think, because I I commonly get this question, well, horses in the wild did fine without that and without us. They also probably have a life expectancy between, say, 7 to 12 years. Good point, yeah. yeah, yeah, (laughs) We're expecting our horses to live 30 years, and they reproduce. They only run away from predators. They don't have to jump and exercise, and they have a wide variety of different forages, shrubs, weeds, grasses in the wild that they can chew on. So, um, and and our our domesticated horses typically in a lot of places aren't getting a lot of access to pasture. If they are, maybe it's not very green pasture. Or anyway, horses in the wild. Lots of access to um, different types of forages. And a very different lifestyle. Exactly. So we, can't, we can't compare domesticated horses and wild horses and expect them to have the same requirements for those that essential amino acid. So step You're one. You're exactly they, right. They need it, and they're, they're not all built the same. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I've got that part. Um, when it comes to looking at how much... so. When it comes looking at how much a horse needs, everybody is aware that a young growing horse needs a lot more protein um, for growth because really what you're doing as a, as a young animal or a young human is you're laying down tissue, laying down muscle, and that, as I just mentioned, is primarily protein. So quality protein is absolutely critical for a young growing animal. Despite one of the myths you may have heard that High-protein diets cause developmental orthopedic disease. 
or problems with joints in falls. That is an absolute myth. And it really, it was a study done back in the 1970s in Great Dane dogs, actually, that implicated excess protein in causing these growth disorders. But subsequent studies have revealed there's no relationship between high-protein diets and growth disorders, and both protein and energy are absolutely critical for proper growth and bone maturation. And, and other studies have shown um, that bone turnover um, is depressed in horses that aren't fed uh, a adequate protein diet, so a low-protein diet. So the old um, recommendation if your horse has growth problems to take all the feed away and it's protein that's causing it is really incorrect. And we absolutely, whilst we, we may take away some of the energy because we don't want these horses overweight, we absolutely make need to make sure we're giving them quality protein sources to help support the growth along with adequate vitamins and minerals to help support the growth. So if, oh, if feeding... Uh, quote, high protein diet to a young horse is not directly going to cause an orthopedic disease, can withholding protein, in other words, feeding a young growing horse um, dramatically insufficient amounts of protein, can that cause growth problems? We, ha we haven't done the studies to directly say if you withhold protein, you will cause developmental orthopedic disease. But we have done enough studies to show that not feeding adequate amounts of quality protein is detrimental to bone strength and growth. So while it's not directly related to an actual disorder, um, what we the whole goal of breeding and growing young foals is strong, healthy bones because they have to, throughout the rest of their 30 years, put up with the rigors of maybe it's a racehorse and then it's going to be a show hunter and then it's going to work in a, um, a riding program. So it's got to be working a lot of its life and we really need to make sure we're developing really strong bones. Do we have any data yet at this point, I don't know if anybody's ever taken the time to study it, whether or not a young horse who has been deprived of those nutrients for an extended period of time, for example, someone who adopts a four or five-year-old horse that was a starvation case when it was a baby. Do we know if there are long-term effects on the horse's skeletal system, specifically their skeletal system, because of that, or has not, hasn't anybody had the ability to study that yet? You know, long-term studies in horses are always difficult because they're very expensive. But that is uh, um, certainly something that I would say quite possible. Uh, we know that in young horses, especially actually go further to even before they're born in utero, that if mares are malnourished or starved during pregnancy, that we definitely have issues with um the growth of the young horse or the development of the young horse. We know that about people. So certainly you could make that assumption that a, a malnourished young horse, um, as it goes through its life, is just going to have more, more issues overall. Yeah, it's just more likely to have issues. Well, kind of, it, that's one of those things that it kind of makes common sense. Yeah. So we've got different kinds of, of proteins that are not all created equal. We need to feed appropriate amounts to young horses. 
Okay, what what else have we got going here with this uh, protein thing? Well, and, and I just want to throw out there because we've got some products on the market, commercial products, that have certain percentages of protein. Everybody looks at their commercial horse feed yeah. and they've even taken bases the name it on to feed that way now. They, oh, they, I know. I ask it, people. Yeah, horse feed number 12. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes, and I ask people, what are you feeding your horse? And they say, well, I'm feeding a 12% textured feed or a 14% sweet feed. Really, percentages don't mean anything unless they're associated with an amount. Same goes for if we're looking at sugars and starches in the diet or even potassium if you've got one of those quarter horses suffering from HYPP. Other topics for other the other days, yes. but <laughs> my point being percentages alone really mean nothing. So let's take, for example, we've got feeds on the market that I will call generically a low intake ration balancer. They're very concentrated. They're designed to be fed at one pound a day to a thousand pound horse. And typically the protein contents are very high, maybe 25 to 30% protein. And that freaks people out. Oh, my gosh, that's way too much protein. I couldn't feed my horse that. And I say, well, what, do you, what, what protein content are you comfortable feeding your horse? Oh, probably about 12%. And I say, well, how much are you feeding of that 12% protein feed? Oh, he gets about 14, four pounds a day, four pounds a day. So I then break down the math for people and I show them, okay, if we have a, a feed that's 25% protein, but you only have to feed one pound a day of it, the amount of actual protein your horse gets out of that is four ounces versus your 12% protein feed that you feed four pounds a day, your horse is actually getting about 7.7, let's say, eight ounces of protein a day. So in the lower percentage, based on the feeding rate of being four pounds, you're getting double the amount of protein. So when I break it down for people like that, oh, okay. And then you've also got to think, even the poorest, you know, low quality hay, grass hay, is going to run around 8% protein. So if we have to feed our horse about 15 pounds of grass hay a day at 8% protein, that's close to 20 ounces of protein. Wow. So we really have to put it in perspective of how much am I actually feeding and just go back to doing some basic math and it all will become a lot clearer to us. See, that's where the problem um, is. There are too many horse people who are bad at math. All of those <laughs> in the room, please I raise your hand. That's why I do mine yes. on 1,000 pounds because it's easy. <laughs> well, I'll do a talk and they'll say, well, I've got a horse that's 936 pounds. Let's round it up to a thousand because that's easy for me to do the math on. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And I've, I've, I've discovered a whole new level of how bad I am at math now because Glenn's pony PT scooter is like a four hundred pound pony. So it's oh, like, oh gosh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and everything, everything is labeled for a thousand pound horse. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, just to put those values that I was giving you, the four, eight, and close to 20, 20 ounces, put that in perspective of what an, a 1,000-pound horse needs. Let's go back to the 1,000-pound. Actually, how much protein do they actually need in a day? Yeah, anyway. So for a maintenance horse that's doing nothing, just an average maintenance horse, he needs about 22 ounces of protein a day. Really? So typically, we can get that from a decent quality hay. But then if we looked at a horse doing heavy work, say a racehorse, they're going to need about 35 ounces a day of protein. Wow. 
Um, and lactation, early lactation, which is no surprise, early lactation, because that mare is putting so much of those proteins and amino acids into making milk, good quality milk. Lactation, early lactation, you're going to use, the horse is going to need about 54 ounces of protein a day. Wow. So it's really, really critical. That's a lot. So it's going to matter what kind of hay they're getting. Absolutely. Different hays have lots of different levels of protein in them. Now, somewhere I read... It was probably on a blog, and this is something that's been floating around for many, many years. You hear folks say, I can't give my horse alfalfa hay, in other words, high-protein hay, because it makes him high. Do we, have any, yeah. do we have any actual research that says that protein in excess makes a horse, quote, hot or high? Well, let's just go back to when proteins are digested, so when you eat food, you digest protein and it gets absorbed and it goes into your bloodstream. In order for it to be ever used as energy, it actually takes energy to turn it into energy. So it's kind of energy neutral. The one time that an animal would use protein as its primary energy source is if the animal was starving. And you're literally, so you've used up all of your fat stores, you've used up all of the glucose that's stored in your muscle, and now you're starting to break down your own tissues in a catabolic state to break down your own tissues to try and stay alive. So that's when you'd use protein as your primary energy source. Protein is really not a great energy source. Um, So alfalfa gets a bad rap for making horses high, but really any high-protein feeds, horses are very good at excreting excess protein. Um, And if you feed your horse alfalfa and he does get a little hot, it's really nothing to do with the protein and more to do with the fact that alfalfa is much higher in energy than most of your grass hays. And if you're not exercising your horse enough, then extra energy can be displayed in hyper behaviors. He's just going, woohoo! Yes. Okay, yes. got it. <laughs> so high-protein feeds will not make your horse crazy. Um, high-energy feeds, if you're not exercising them enough, will. So this is where I get the funny question. People will say, well, and we're kind of going off protein a little. I want to put weight on my horse, but I don't want him to get any fat. I don't want him to get hot or crazy. Well, that's when you have to really look at the type of energy you're feeding, you know, sugars and starches versus, versus oil. But any, a lot of extra energy, it doesn't matter whether they're um, laying it down as fat. If they don't need it, if they're not exercising, they may, they may get hot. <laughs> well, there you go. Now, you said that horses are good at excreting excess protein. Uh, where does it go? Out in the urine. So the kidneys filter out excess protein, um, and it'll go out in the urine. So I I think there is some um, information or some myths floating around, and and this one is actually true. If you do have your horse on a very high-protein diet, um, you you have to make sure they're drinking lots and lots of water. You may actually smell more ammonia in the urine in those horses. Uh, that's not a bad thing unless the barn isn't ventilated because that's just the horse excreting excess. If you're smelling a lot of ammonia, um, it may mean that you're feeding too much protein and you don't really need that much because you can tell the horse is excreting excess. 
So from the purely practical point of view, if you have horses who are excreting the excess proteins, stall reeks of ammonia, and you have to use spend lots and lots of extra money on stall freshener, um, would it not make sense that you are throwing some of your feeding dollars away because higher protein feedstuffs cost more than lower protein feedstuffs? They do. And you may, and, and typically it's going to, as you noted before, even with my 8% protein hay, I'm still getting 20 ounces of protein out of it. You really want to look at your hay first. And a lot of times we will feed alfalfa if we need weight gain. Um, but sometimes cutting that alfalfa 50-50 with some grass hay will help to level out that ammonia content. And then adding weight from other things like fat supplements. Yeah. So my next question is, you buy a bag of horse feed, and right there on the front of the bag of horse feed in great big gold letters, 12% protein. It's like, well, that (laughs) sounds reasonable for my pleasure horse. And it costs you $13.85. And then you walk down the the aisle way a little bit further, and right there's a bag of, of horse feed in great big beautiful green letters over top of a picture of a reigning horse. 12% 12% protein, and that bag is going to cost me $25. What is going on here? So we're saying both feeds had the same protein content, they both, right? They both say 12% protein on the front. Why is one $12 and one's $25? Because not because I can make protein, and this is another reason why I really don't like just looking at the percentage, because... That crude protein percentage value doesn't tell me anything about the quality of the protein source. I could grind up chicken feathers and, you know, some dog food, and I could probably make you a 12% protein feed, but it is not what you would want to feed your horses. Um, Quality protein sources that are high in those amino acids, like your legumes or seed meals, um, they're going to be a little bit more expensive, hence the uh, the one that was $25 a bag. Really, when we have feeds that are, I guarantee also, if you looked at the feeding rate of the more expensive bag, you can probably feed less of it. So again, one of the other tricks to working out, is this feed cost-effective for me? Don't just look at the price of the bag, but look at how much do I have to feed? So what is the cost per head per day? So if I've got, um, let's go back to the, the feed where it was 25% protein, I, they come in 50-pound bags and I only have to feed one pound a day, that'll last one horse 50 days. And it works out usually, and I've seen pr- pricing across the board, anywhere between 60 and 50 and 60 cents a day to feed a horse versus your 12% protein feed that may be significantly less expensive for the cost of the bag. But if you've got to feed four pounds a day of it, that's going to, to last you nowhere near as long. It's going to last you, you know, 12 days versus 50 days. Um, so if you've got in exactly the same protein content, price difference is going to come with quality of ingredients as well as other technologies that companies are putting in feed, like are they adding probiotics? So what sources of fiber are they adding in it? Mm-hmm. Does it have a lot of byproducts in there, or is it? Right. Um, it's one of those things you have to leave the t- read the tiny print. You do, you do, and I think a great topic for one of our talks should be um, going through a tag and what are what are all 
So going from beginning to the end of the ingredients list and what is it all? Because that's a common question I get. You know, what is this? What is this? How do I read my tag? Yeah. So, well, one more question about proteins. Absolutely. So it's easy enough to overfeed protein. Your horse is getting more ounces of protein than he needs. Mm -hmm. Is it, if I am feeding one horse the appropriate ounces of protein he needs each day, Mm -hmm. which is, what did you say, eight ounces? Does it matter if it's eight ounces of high-quality protein or eight ounces of crappy protein? Does that matter in the long run? It does. And if you are in any other livestock industry, pigs, cattle, chickens, they don't actually look at crude protein values anymore. They're quite archaic. They will actually look at individual amino acid requirements. So a growing pig needs X amount of lysine and X amount of methionine. And as I mentioned, we do have requirements for lysine in the horse. So especially in the young growing horse, it's really critical that you don't just feed them, say, a 14% protein feed, but you're also looking at the lysine content of the, the product. Aha. Uh-huh. So this if you is complicated have a horse, stuff, Dr. You know, it, it does get very complicated. <laughs> it really does. And so people really have to rely on the fact that nutritionists do design the products that you buy and the feeding rates on the backs of the bags are there for a reason. And if you feed according to those, those feeding rates, then we can guarantee you that guaranteed analysis. I can guarantee your horse is getting the correct amount of each of those nutrients. If you can't feed that amount, that's okay. If your horse is going to get too fat, if you feed four pounds of a feed, then you need to just find a feed where you can feed the appropriate amount. Other things that you may see in a mature horse, if they really don't have enough protein or quality protein, um, Definitely poor hoof and hair quality, poor coat quality. Uh, Methionine, one of those essential amino acids, is really critical for hoof quality and hair quality, considering hoof is just hard hair. Um, Just generally not doing well. So protein is really, really important. And that's where you see the chubby pasture pet with a really lousy coat. And poor exactly. Feet. And we know in humans yeah. that just because of a certain weight doesn't mean that you're well nourished. You can be obese and still malnourished. Well, that was fascinating stuff. You made my head spin, Dr. Cuban, and I appreciate that. Take home message protein's not the enemy, it's very important. <laughs> there we go. It, it, it is not the enemy. Yay. <laughs> Thank you once again for coming by Horses in the Morning and explaining some horse health and nutrition facts to us. Dr. Cubit comes by the Horses in the Morning show the second Wednesday of every month, folks, for for those of you who like to plan ahead. So uh, thanks again, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Well, that about takes care of it. You can find links to today's guests as well as more tips on topics ranging from barn care to websites for horse people at horsetipdaily.com. And now you can have every single one of your favorite Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go with the free Horse Radio Network app for your iPhone or Android. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can also subscribe via iTunes. This podcast was made possible through the generous support of EquestrianCollections.com and listeners like you. 
Learn how you can help support the Horse Radio Network programming and qualify for Auditors Only's perks by going to horsetipdaily.com and clicking on the Become an Auditor banner in the center of the page. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. 